So there are a lot of Hollywood names out there. Like like Bert Ward is like Bert John Grievous or something like that. Yeah, yes. There's a common thing. Jervis? I think Marilyn Monroe's name is not Marilyn Monroe as well. She was like something else. Ingelbert Humpledink? Yes. <laughs> yes, Ingelbert Humperdink. That was her, her real name? Her real name. Yes, yeah, a rather unfortunate name. So, okay. All right. So... You can do my Hollywood name and I'll do your Hollywood name. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, should I go first? Yeah. Okay. Uh, your name will be... Uh, okay. It'll be... Your, your name is Chad Steelington. Chad Steelington? <laughs> you know what? I kind of like that. But it's spelled stealing with an A, like, because you steal things. Oh, <laughs> I kind of no, no. like that even more. <laughs> I, kind right. of, I kind of actually like that. So, I think there is, like, a, a, a way you can get... Like a Hollywood name, mm-hmm. and I think it's like the the street you grew up on and your middle name. And I know both of those. And okay. it's like um, your middle name is like Jarius Jeffrey or something. Jarius Jeffrey. And like your um, <laughs> and the street you grew up on was like Bilby Place or so something. Like, you saying I'm like Bilby like Jarius? No, no. I'm saying that your Hollywood name is Beardy Von Pornstar. <laughs> Beardy. God damn it. Lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 17 of Game Life Balance Australia. I'm your lovely host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by renowned Hollywood body double, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. Yeah, I've body doubled for all the greats. Sandra Bullock? Oh, right. She was a corpse in a river once. That yeah. was me. Yep. That was your ass. That was my ass sticking out of the river. Ah, you got a good ass. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I tone my ass. My ass goes in for spray tanning. Every week, <laughs> just your ass, just my ass. You just stick your butt in the in the booth. And no, just... no, 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 no. It's it's a spray tan, so it's not actually like I don't I don't go for UV radiation. I just basically stick my bum through a curtain, and I'm guessing they spray me with something brown. I don't know. <laughs> I assume it's tan. I can only yeah. assume so. Yeah. I have actually no idea if Sandra Bullock has ever died in a movie and died in a river. <laughs> Bottom up. I'm but, sure. But that just sounded... That was just the first Hollywood actress that came into my head. Rob always surprises me with these things. Yes. So my brain goes to the first place it always does. A naked ass sticking up out of a river. Sure. Of that's, Sandra Bullock. That's that, That's just... You had that one ready to go. That's just like in the chamber, ready to fire that one. I, yeah, and I have no idea where these come from. They just... It's like I, I go back in time and whisper into my own ear. It's like, hey, say this funny thing. I was like, get out of here, dude. You shouldn't be here. Go back and kill my grandfather or something. Oh, my God. I know See what happens. Paradox time. I know where that came from. Your yeah. warped subconscious. Oh, yes. Which is you. Yes, that's or right. Or I'm you. Or you're me. No, I'm, I'm your conscious. I'm your conscience. Sorry, like Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> you, if that was true, you would be a hell of a lot smaller. I'm doing a bad job. <laughs> you are doing a-, a terrible Terrible, mind-bogglingly bad job. Yeah, you're not going to become a real boy anytime soon if I keep this up. <laughs> With $10,000 worth of surgery, I will. <laughs> Brilliant. Miss me? Uh, I did I did miss you on your, your, your little hiatus. You Well, I, I wouldn't call it a hiatus. It's more of a, a sojourn. It was... Um, I, bereavement leave, I suppose it really was. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I was back in Japan. Now, I, apparently... You left a nice message for me on on the the tops of the last 
podcast. Yeah. I never listened to that <laughs> because I watched the two-hour hell that was the unedited <laughs> version of that episode on our YouTube channel because I like to see everything from beginning to end. Oh, God. And it was you... And I've worked with Steve before. Yeah. Uh, and I know exactly what Steve is like <laughs> and you didn't. <laughs> and it was just hilarious watching you do that. <laughs> Uh, uh, that whole episode I actually really enjoyed that episode mm. I, I really enjoyed Because Steve brings something new To I think Conversations mm. Which I think can be classified As length yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And tangents That's right Oh he's got tangents up the yin yang <laughs> uh, Yeah no I actually enjoy recording that with him I did find it at some points A bit like herding cats Like a very funny Entertaining Slightly mad Canadian cat Um <laughs> But you know, it, I think I think the end product was quite good. But I, I think you would have to be a masochist to watch the unedited YouTube version of that. It goes for over um, two hours. I did the best I could with. And the, apparently, um, you were talking an hour before you started. Yeah, yeah. Look, and <laughs> there's only so many times that one can say the phrase "I'm having I've got guests coming over soon" before it becomes trite. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I noticed that you kept saying that throughout, well, and I was yeah. like going. Are these guests real? Are you trying to get out of this? <laughs> and by the end, you'll go, these guests are really... like they're, they're knocking on the door and I'm going, okay, they're actually real guests. They're, they're there right now. Your poor wife is in the other room entertaining them. Uh, the guests are a lie. No, they were, they were actual guests. It was my, um, my friend's grandmother actually coming around to give, deliver a present for, uh, for my daughter. So. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, but yeah, welcome back to Australia. The land of the... Um, no, I wasn't... I was saying free, but that's not true at all. The land of the oppressed. Um... <laughs> The lucky so, country. Yeah, so the reason I was away, I will touch upon this because this is a lifestyle, game life podcast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is that my wife's father, my father-in-law, mm. uh, Masaki Yoshimura, passed away. It was very incredibly unexpected. Uh, and so basically in the space of about 36 hours, maybe 48 hours, it went from this terrible tragedy to us trying to get back to Japan to make the funeral. Mm. They scheduled the funeral very quickly because they do that in Japan. Mm. Mm. Uh, in like in Shinto culture, um, they often have it quite quickly. Mm. Uh, but also they didn't expect us. They didn't think that we would be able to make it back. Right. And uh, I, I made a few calls and got a few favors called in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we managed to get my three-month-old daughter a passport. Mm. Within like 12 hours That's amazing like 24 hours or something like that It was mm. Yeah I mean like The uh, depart- The DFAT mm-hmm. uh, Department of Foreign Affairs and, and, trade? and Trade Yeah Yes um, Were absolutely magnificent No that's great and They they in like they were very compassionate to everything that happened And I was very grateful for everything that they did mm-hmm. um, And it was just amazing Because this was I got the passport on a Sunday morning Mm-hmm for my three-month-old daughter, and even when I went in there, the poor guy who was by himself, wow. who was obviously on call, wow, uh, had technical issues, like actually getting the passport made up. Wow! <laughs> so it was a that's incredible. They called someone in to do that for yeah, you. Yeah, they did. That's amazing. They did. They did. And it's not something you should ever take lightly. Like you right. think, oh, I need a passport, and I forgot to get my passport. Let's do it. No, no, no. You really need to make sure that you need this passport. Yeah. Well, I'd say a death in the family when you're um, stuck overseas is probably about as. Um, as you know, so when higher it's the list sudden, as it comes. Certainly, yeah. yeah. We were already in the process of trying to get May, which is my daughter, a Japanese passport, uh, because we wanted to get her both, an Australian and a Japanese one. 
Uh, we were halfway through getting the Japanese one because we thought there was no urgency, but it turns out there was. So at least we already had like the photos from the like the photo booth and stuff like that. So. Sure. Have, so that, sorry, just as a tangent, do you have to hold the baby up to like the camera? No, no. Or? So it wasn't. It wasn't a photo booth. Uh, it was like done at Australia Post. Okay. Um, oh right. Okay. So it, it wasn't just like you have to keep feeding it money to get the right shot, but there is a, <laughs> a right shot where you have to be within a, a certain amount of space between um, chin to crown. Yeah. Has to be a certain size. The baby's eyes have to be open, and it can't be crying. And if you know oh what God. babies are like, the statistical probability of that happening <laughs> is say. like a billion to one. <laughs> it's like oh you basically God. have to like use. You, oh my God, she's kind of waking up. Use a freeze ray on her, <laughs> like trap her in, in, in temporal stasis for a minute. And she, we, we managed to get that photo. And the odd thing about that photo is that for this is the first time, and she is like half Japanese, half Australian, or mm. half Caucasian, I should say. Yeah. She looked Asian. Right. It's like she doesn't usually look Asian, but this is like in this one photo, she actually looked like mm. Japanese. Right. And I was like, going, that's so weird. Because <laughs> she doesn't usually look like anything other than like a very cute potato. <laughs> right. There you go. So, uh, I'll talk about a little bit more about my uh, Japanese um, trip, uh, emergency trip in the, in the life segment. Yeah, sure. But we have a game, and it is a game that some people might be familiar with. Yes. It's an older game. It's a, a retro PC game. Yes. We don't often do retro PC games. We're doing that today. Uh, so, we're going to take you uh, down memory lane, and maybe you learn a little bit about history. Yeah. When we cover this week's featured game, Rampage for the Arcade. No, actually, I'm lying. It's Commander Keen. Wait, is it? What's the full title? Commander Keen Invasion, Invasion of, of the, the Vorticons. Rampage, really? Was that was that the first? I think we may have already I've, done that. I've Rampage. been thinking a lot about Rampage recently. It's been on my mind. Yeah, I have yeah. Rampage for the Master System. We should play Rampage. We should play Rampage. Definitely. Let's do should, that. Should we do Rampage instead of Commander Keen? Mm, yes. All right, so we're not going to do Rampage. Oh. <clears throat> we're actually going to do. Commander Keen. <sighs> Invasion of the Vorticons. <sighs> there aren't any giant apes that punch buildings in that game. So I'm a bit disappointed, but alright, I'll I'll try and summon up some enthusiasm mm-hmm. and we'll talk about we'll talk about Commander Keen. There is actually some some real meat to this because there's a really interesting story behind uh, the creation of this game and its impact on, on the history of video games. So. Uncle Robbie, tell me a bedtime story, no. Uncle Robbie. Don't make that Voice, that's the worst voice. Come on, Uncle Robbie, I'm getting sleepy. Oh, God, so creepy. Oh, God. I want to get sleepy with you, Uncle Robbie. No, no. no. <laughs> ah, I definitely won't get sleepy tonight. I'm going to be sitting up with a baseball bat. <laughs> oh, cricket bat. We are in Australia oh, yeah, here. That's right. Let's get All Australian. Right. So tell me the illustrious history of uh, Monsieur Keen. Monsieur Keen? Un de la uh, commander de la Vegemite. De... <laughs> Vegemite? Uh, now I know you're making this up. Grey Poupon. Uh... <laughs> anyway. Come on, Beardy. <laughs> have we sold the French enough? Okay, we have. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so, this game, Commander Keen. Uh, so, there's an interesting story behind this, as I said. So, this game, um, strangely enough, kind of led... There's an interesting connection here between between Super Mario Brothers, yep. and Nintendo, yep. Commander Keen, yep. and the 2016 game Doom. Okay, so bear with me. We're, we're not going to go through the entire history of the past like no. 27 <laughs> years of 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 
video game history because I, know. Yeah. I, I lived through that. You lived through that. <laughs> a lot of people didn't, though, because they were living under a rock or they weren't alive or something. But I'm going to make this... I'm going to try and keep this brief and, and high level because the okay. more details I give, the more likely I am to mangle this and upset people. Okay. So, All right, go. So cast your mind back to the late 80s, early 90s, right? You mean when I sounded like this, Uncle Robbie? Don't do that. God's sake. I will walk right out of this room. Um... So you got it's it's late eighties, early nineties. Video games are big again after the crash. You got um, Super Mario Brothers blowing up the chart. Everyone loves Nintendo. Everyone's really into Nintendo games. Yeah, you know? or Alex um, Kid in Miracle World. Yeah, but some people aren't fortunate enough to own a Nintendo or a Master, Master System. System. I guess you call them fortunate enough. <laughs> but uh, regardless, uh, there's a lot of people out there that, that only have a PC. You know? Now we should say that these PCs are so IBM two eight six three eight six IBM compatibles. Yes, yeah. yes. We're talking about IBM compatible home computers, which yes. were incredibly popular at the time. Yes, a lot of people had these, <clears throat> um, and those people may have felt a bit jealous of their friends that had a Nintendo or um, a Sega Master System to a lesser extent, um, because some of the things that um, the Nintendo console could do were simply not possible on um, an IBM compatible. And one of the things that was, at the time, very difficult slash impossible to do was to get smooth side-scrolling in a platformer. So there was kind of side-scrolling where it would flip to the next screen or there'd be screen blur. or yes. Something wouldn't work the right way it would, like, say, in... In Super Mario Bros. Yeah, I think there are various sort of tricks people were using to try and replicate it, but none of them really work properly. Um, and uh, let's talk about a little um, software company called uh, Soft Disk. Uh, soft Disk. I've got a Soft Disk right now. Would you like to see my Soft Disk? Don't talk about your Soft Disk. And don't talk about Uncle Robbie either. <laughs> Damn it. You I'm, see? Putting a, I'm putting a ban on all Soft Disks and all Uncle Robbies in this episode. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's over. Okay. So... Um, these guys, are, it's, a, it's a little company that makes uh, what they like to call disc magazines, which are basically like, it's like a magazine in the <clears> sense that it's published on a monthly basis, mm-hmm. but it's a disc. Okay. And you can, you what, can, was there a magazine attached to it or was it simply I, just a disc? My, 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 <laughs> my reading is that it's a disc and these discs get distributed out to people. They've got a bunch of neat little software on it, you know, yeah, like maybe cool. some word processing stuff or, you know, some sort of spreadsheet thing or whatever, screensavers and stuff. Yeah. But they also had a couple of games on them. Um, and there was one disc in particular that was gamer focused, and it was called uh, Gamer Edge, or ga- wait, is it Gamer Edge? Yes, I'm gonna say it was Gamer Edge. Oh god, I'll edit this out later. Let's move on, Gamer Edge or something like that, right? Okay, yep. And that was you'll never edit that out. And that was a disc. That was a, a gaming focused disc made by Soft Disc <clears> um, <throat> that uh, was kind of spearheaded by a gentleman named John Romero. And he had a couple of... Um, of I've heard of that guy. Yes, you may have heard of this guy. Long, lustrous, yeah, beautiful, be- flowing beautiful, hair. Beautiful, long, flowing hair. He's a, he's a real Adonis among men. Yeah. Uh, and he had a couple of um, technical whiz kids working with him, uh, amongst whom were a bloke named John Carmack. You heard of him. And yep. a bloke named Tom Hall. Not, um, not Anthony Michael Hall. No, no, no. Def- definitely not. Dif- different Hall. Yes, different Halls. They went to a Believe different it or not, there one. are different people with the same surname in the world. That, <laughs> it may blow your mind a little bit. but Yeah, it does, kind of. Um, but anyway... <laughs> God damn it. Who else so, has the name Yoshimura, honestly? So these guys are pumping out game discs every month. And, you know, it's kind of like almost like a sweathouse sort of conditions. Like They've got to come up with new ideas for games constantly. Put out little games on these discs and send them. So we're like talking one or two screens worth of like little yeah. fun things that... Mm-hmm. Basically like a little demo thing. But they're always pushing the envelope and trying out new things. Yeah. And, um, you know, John Carmack was uh, very interested in the in the issue of side-scrolling, how to get side-scrolling to work 
um, on an IBM computer. And long story short, I'm not going to go into technical details, but he figured out a way to do it that was damn near perfect and very similar to how um, games on the NES or Master System or, or like how video game consoles did it. it. It was smooth, it looked right, and you could actually not just go in one direction, you could turn around and go back and the level would still be there. Now, of course, this was inspired by Super Mario Brothers 3, which yes. had come out in uh, 89, I think. Yes. So- uh, and basically... The way I understand this story Mm -hmm. is that he borrowed his work computer on the weekends because they couldn't afford their own computers. Yes, that's right. And developed this side-scrolling technique and coding. Yes. And then they showed people who were kind of middling to unimpressed. Mm -hmm. And then uh, John Romero said, that is awesome. Mm -hmm. Don't tell the rest of the company. Mm -hmm. Let's take this to Nintendo and say, look what we've done. So basically, mm-hmm. they made a, a demo mm-hmm. of Super Mario Bros. 3, while not perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did use a lot of the same level design, yeah. and they had a, a character stand-in called Dangerous Dave. I think, I think Dangerous Dave and the copyright infringement was the early version of the game. And then when they took it to Nintendo, they may have made a, made a more accurate... Mm version of, of Super Mario Brothers 3 because it's like the first couple levels of the game and I think uh, and Nintendo were impressed and they kind of yeah. went yeah that's cool like I'm impressed that you could do this on a computer that everyone has except that we, we don't want you to publish Super Mario Brothers 3 on the PC because then less people will be buying the Nintendo Entertainment System yeah it was quite it was quite sort of sound business sense to say well look this game's popular kids love it if they want to play it they have to buy a Nintendo so they were like damn mm, skippy thanks but no thanks yeah um, they were a bit upset about that, but uh, Romero in particular was really um, keen that this software not go to waste. That this 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 technology that they created for side scrolling not not just be you know left for someone else to to make. You yeah, know, because someone else would have figured it out mm. or would have taken their code. So yeah. they still hadn't really told the company about this. Yeah. And then they developed this little game, mm-hmm. this three episodic game. Yeah. Called Commander Keen. In about three months. That's right. They turned it around. They reached out to a publisher called Apogee, who mm-hmm. had expressed some interest in the games they were making on Gamer Edge. Uh, and yeah, they created a game, Commander Keen, turned it around really quickly. Uh, Apogee published it. And lo and behold, massive hit. Yeah. Uh, Apogee was not making a lot of money beforehand, but after this game came out, they started to make some serious coin. And... Um, it led to John Carmack, Romero, and and Ilk, Tom Hall, etc., all quitting their Anthony jobs. Michael Hall, yep, yep. Totally, yep. Yes, right, yes. <laughs> God damn you. Um, all quitting um, their jobs at Softdisk and forming a little studio called id Software. But it wasn't called id at first, was it? So when they published Commander Keen, when they developed Commander Keen, they called themselves Ideas from the Deep. That was their sort of like, you know, like trading name, I guess. Uh, and then when they decided to form and their own little software company, they kind of took the the initials ID from mm. Ideas from the Deep, and that's where which it, is interesting because it's not ID software; it's always be called ID software. ID, yeah, exactly, yeah. and and that's where you get it from. Ideas from the Deep. I like that. It's it's a nice story because it mm. um because of Nintendo's you know rejection, mm. they kept working on their own thing. It became its own thing. They published it. It became a big thing. Mm. Now, one of if you've heard of the name Commander Keen before and you played PC games. 
in the early 90s mm. and you think, oh yeah, I think I actually had Commander Keen. The chances are you had the shareware version of That's that. That's right. Shareware versions were a game that you could get very cheap or possibly for free mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the first installment, play it kind of like a demo, and then you can get the rest of the installments by actually paying money for it. Yeah. Now, for a lot of people like me who had no money and you who <laughs> had no money... Yes. Or us who were also pirates <laughs> back then. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, we did actually play the first, you know, couple of levels, the first disc, mm-hmm. if you will, of this game. Yeah. And uh, and I think a lot of people did play that. Mm. And it wasn't until like a couple of years later that I actually played the full entire game. Yeah. In its entirety. Yeah. And for me, I had to wait till you know a couple of years ago when I bought the uh, the sort of pack of Commander King games on Steam to really dig into it and actually experience. The Commander King thing because my my time with that game back in the day was at a friend's house because I didn't have a computer good enough to play Commander King. You needed you needed a color adapter. You needed a color graphics adapter. I only had a black and white. Oh, you had adapter. it was like black and orange. Yeah, I had a Hercules screen. graphics adapter <laughs> in my computer, um, which is fine if you want a word process, but if you want to play games, it's it's just no good. So, yeah. so okay, so this is interesting because like shareware was a great way to get into people's homes mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like make people aware of it, and then yeah. after they'd finished that game, you know, after they finished the shareware version, they go, "Oh, I really want to play the rest of Commander King. Oh, you got to buy it." I suppose. I mean, you got to buy everything else these days. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Commander Keen, the gameplay itself. Yeah, let's, let, history aside, let's talk about whether this game is any good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, so you play it with a keyboard. Yep. Uh, I've never played it with a gamepad or any sort of joystick or anything I like that. I imagine you could somehow like patch it in so that you could play it with a gamepad, but the game was designed to be played on a, with a keyboard. I didn't find any problem with that at the time. No. Uh, and when we played it a couple of days ago... Yeah. I adapted to it surprisingly quickly. So mm. it's like the arrow keys on the right side, and then you've got control and alt. Yes, that one jumps, jump, the other shoots. The other, well, I think the other's like pogo stick, and yes. then press them together, and they and they shoot. That's right. You're right. It's you have to hold down both buttons to shoot, mm. uh, which is a little tricky. But um, yeah, and the thing is that the game's designed with that in mind. So well, it's you got to as... remember that there was no Windows key back in those days. So yeah. control and alt were actually right beside each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, that bloody window. Can I tell you, as, a, as an aside, I used to get a screwdriver and pop the Windows key off my, key- <laughs> off my keyboard. Yeah. Back when you know when I was a single bachelor, just playing PC games all day, because I hated accidentally hitting the Windows key in the middle of like an, in, an intense FPS experience. You know, right in the middle of Battlefield 1944 or whatever, yeah. 1943. Pardon me, and um, and going to the desktop. You know, um, the worst thing that could ever happened. So, oh yes. So that's that's a sign of like mid nineties true hardcore gamer. Is if you look at their keyboard and they've popped the the Windows key off <laughs> with uh, with a screwdriver because um yeah that goes to show you how. What you should do is like just like have a YouTube video of just you popping that, getting a hammer, and just smashing it over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> I still have a hatred for like hot keys on keyboards. I yeah. don't like them. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. So Commander Keen, uh, you can scroll back and forth, up and down, yes. left and right. Yeah, it's actually. Very vertical platformer. It's a lot of... There is a lot of going up. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of... And, you know, you can fall from a great height in a lot of these levels. It doesn't kill him either. No, no fall damage, but you'll go right back to the start of the damn level. So, Commander Keen, the story is you're a a kid genius who builds a rocket ship. Mm -hmm. Um, You you get marooned on Mars, which is the one we played in the first episode. Yes. And then you got to kind of stop the invasion of the... uh, The Vorticons. I almost said Eroticons. (laughs) That's a very different game. (laughs) Commander, Commander Bean Pole, and you the, and I can play this later, Rob. The invasion. <laughs> oh God, I didn't say Uncle Robbie, so you can't ban me. Oh man. So, 
it it is fun. It is not as fast as Super Mario, mm. um, but it has its own pace and its own speed. Yeah. I think the platforming's not actually coming back to playing it again recently. It's not that bad. Like I, it's I decent enough. I thought it, that it was awful. Hmm. But it's only awful compared to, you know, like a game that you play with a controller and, you know, that has good physics like Mario or something like that. Like, it's decent platforming. There are way worse platforming games on the NES. So, um, the colours are very VGA-like. Uh, so, yeah. you, you kind of got a lot of primaries and you got a lot of mix of primaries. Yes, and... a lot of pink and blue and yellow. It's yeah. It's kind of garish. Kinda, but... It is garish, but, you know, on the other hand, you know, it stands out. Mm. It makes its point. You can see what everything is. Uh, Commander Keen always looks to me like he had like a little beard with no mustache, which is actually his helmet. <laughs> That's his Green Bay Packers helmet. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. The story of this game kind of reminds me a little bit of the Calvin and Hobbes comics. Um, what was the name of Calvin's like imaginary uh, spaceman Spiff? Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminded me a lot of the spaceman. There Spiff is a bit stuff. of Spiff in there, I reckon. Yeah. In the sort of the 1950s aesthetic, like the ray gun looks very much like a. Like a sort of a, you know... Buck Rogers Buck, sort yes. of thing, yeah. The aliens are very generic green blobs with sort of tentacles. Yeah, and, you, and know. you can jump on like alien tentacle aliens with one eye and stuff. Yeah. So like the enemies aren't that varied. Mm. Um, there are, you know, a couple of bosses like the wolf mm. who appears and you've got you to shoot him more than like once or twice. You've got to shoot him like four times before he drops yeah. and kind of collapses. But the good thing about this game is that you can walk away and come back and the boss is still dead. They won't, like, automatically they respawn. respawn, yeah. yeah. Which is, like, something that a lot of NES games did. So, again, it's kind of... It's a very good contender in the game in the sort of time that it yeah. was produced. It did a lot of things right. It did, yeah. Yeah. And at the time, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I mean... Let's let's be honest here. People, the kids who had the consoles were still a superior race back then. Yes, yes. Uh, because they had a machine that was solely for gaming. Just Whereas for games. Yes. If you had a PC, your parents got it for you, or you know, it was the household PC because it wasn't just for games. Yeah. The idea, and in fact, my my dad kind of really didn't like the idea of me playing games on it because he thought I'd somehow ruin it or break it. You know, that the like, mm. games were like, worse. he associated games with like breaking the computer, basically. Uh, because sometimes I installed the game wrong and kind of did break the computer. Yeah. Back. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Him, he was right in the end. But uh, yes, a lot of a lot of parents buy the computer because they're like, well, this is good for education, or like it's you know the kid can use it at school or something. Um, and then on the side, you can kind of install a cheeky couple of games and you know. So this this yeah. game really did actually kind of prod PC gaming forward a bit. Uh, you know, and you you need to explore the level to get all the parts for your ship that you need yeah. to take off again, yes. and you need to defeat a num- certain number of enemies. And you collect collectibles like um, <coughs> lollipops, Pepsi cans, and and pizza. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they look exactly like Pepsi cans without actually saying the word Pepsi, but you can you can tell. I I guess Commander Keen is like well. a problem a freaking diabetic because all he eats is all he eats is lollipops and Pepsi and pizza. Like. That, that's kind of what we eat every time we do the podcast. That's true. We're probably headed to an early grave ourselves. Oh, good. Actually, his real name, his real name, as a bit of trivia, is Billy Blaze. Billy, Blaze. which sounds a lot like a Hollywood name as well. His, his what real a name, porn star name. His real name was probably like Leon Goldberg or something. <laughs> changed it to Billy Blaze. You know, for the it was and you know it was so much fun at the time mm. and like. So here's the question. Mm. Like we've talked a bit about the gameplay. We've talked we a bit about oh, the history. We haven't mentioned the pogo stick. The pogo stick is the what sets the game apart. <laughs> okay. This is the one thing that it's like... The- so in, in one of the smaller levels, there are these tiny little hut levels that yes. you go into. And yes. then like some of them give you information. Some of them give you power-ups. One of those power-ups is a pogo stick. Now, the pogo stick just makes you jump all over the 
all over the levels. And I think there are some levels you can't do without the pogo stick. Yeah, there's certainly some levels where there's parts that are inaccessible to you unless you have it. Mm. Um, It basically it sort of turns an auto jump on. Like if you had like like a turbo controller back in the day it's kind of like flicking the switch on your jump button so that you're constantly jumping yeah except that you go a lot higher you can as well. hold down jump and yeah. go go quite high but it can be very risky to use it you can you need to be quite accurate with it and it's mm. not and the controls are not at fault here no you, you can if, if you know the precise way how to control uh commander keen yeah it's all good for you mm. But, you know, if you're, like, flailing around in the air, like, tapping the buttons left or right, going, I don't know what I'm doing, you'll fall in fire and die. Yes, yes, you'll burn to death. And you'll go, <laughs> which I think is the, the, the noise he makes when he dies. I won't talk about it much more, but I thought it, was, it is kind of one of those unique things. And it's funny because for a genre that's all about jumping, see, it's the only game I can think of where there's a pogo stick in it, which is weird when you think about it, because a pogo stick is, like, the jumping aid. It's kind of Yeah, like, yeah, it, it really you know, it really aids in your jumping ability, especially yeah. on a on a, on a a planet that has less gravity, like yeah. Mars. Yeah, so I don't know why I've never seen more pogo sticks in, in platformers, but there you go. I guess they saw Commander Keen and they were like, well, they've done that. It's, it's done. We'll think of something else. So Commander so, Keen... Mm. In the in a historical context, prodded everything forward. But yeah. as a gamer in 2016, mm. do you recommend that people play this today? Oh, you know, it's at best a mediocre platformer. It does a lot right, but it's not good either. Like, like there's a lot of worse platformers out there from that era, but it's not a great one. You know, like it really is. It really is no Super Mario Brothers three. At no. the end of the day, no. Um, it's historically interesting. Yeah. So if you are someone who purports to be a histor- historian of games or who likes to sort of, you know, dig into the the classics. It is a classic, but I would say generally no, not really something you need to play. Just check out a YouTube video or something if you want to see what it's like. That'll give you 90% of what you need. So I would say no, I don't recommend you play it, but it's worth knowing about. Yeah. Uh, so what about you? What do you think about it? Well, you know, I was such a big fan back in the day. Uh, and I've actually played it again recently with you and had a lot of fun. Mm. And uh, I remember when Commander Keen 4 came out, I think it was. Yes. Uh, and that was a much better platformer. Yeah, they redid the whole engine. And yeah. I finished that game in a week. Mm. Like, I just played it solidly, like, back in 1994, mm-hmm. early in that summer, which is, like, January here in Australia. I had nothing else to do. I was living by my, like, living in Brisbane. I had no friends. So I just, like, played that game for a solid week. Mm. And I can say... No, don't don't bother playing Commander Keen these days. <laughs> Look, as Rob said, it, yeah. it, it was an important prod forward, uh, and you should be aware of its history, especially if you consider yourself somewhat of a person who's interested in games. Mm. But when you actually get in front of the game and play it, you go, you play it for about one level, and you go, yeah, okay, I got the measure of this. Yeah. This is this is what this game is. I think so you don't really need to play it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is it is certainly a game of its time. Uh, Apogee, who published it, published a game a year later mm-hmm. called Duke Nukem. Exactly. Yeah. And Apogee later became 3D Realms, and mm-hmm. then published Duke Nukem 3D. Yeah. So obviously they. I can't say for sure whether they pinched some of the code here and there as mm. the original publisher of the Commander Keen series, yes. but. Uh, Duke Nukem, the the two D platformer, is is not bad, also, but mm. certainly in the same ilk as Commander Keen. Yeah, certainly maybe a bit more teenage focused. There's a lot of sort of it's the genesis of a lot of cool stuff, but it's in and of itself, it's only cool in it's the sense step. of like a, a technical feat. 
that is no longer really that impressive. See, that's... You know? And, you know, yeah. and people are going to hate me for this, but that's exactly how I feel about Mario 64. <laughs> it was an important step along the way. Yeah. You, I go back to playing that thing now and I go, no, this belongs in the trash. And then you burn the trash <laughs> and then you get up the ash and then you shoot it into the sun and then you blow up the sun. <laughs> that's your, like, five-step plan to dispose of Mario 64. I hate that game. Uh, I hate it so much. Stupid I, camera. Another thing I'll just say before we move on is it's kind of weird... I noticed this, and I, t- I talked to you about this when we were playing it the other day. It's kind of weird how the plot of Commander Keen mirrors closely the plot of Doom. Yeah, so, so basically you travel to Mars. Yep. Uh, there's baddies on Mars, aliens slash demons, whatever you know. It's yep. some, you know, They're from another place and they're about to get you. Yep. And then you go back to Earth, yep. and lo and behold, the aliens are on Earth as well. Shock horror. Deal with that. It's exactly the same plot as, as Doom. I like to think that, um, like, it is exactly the same game, except that you see them in different perspectives. Like, when you actually see everything from, like, Commander Keen's perspective, yeah. it's like, oh, the horror, the horror! <laughs> it's just like, when, when you shift to, like, a 2D perspective, everything's pink and really weird looking. Oh, gosh. Like that ray gun, that BFG. Yeah, there you go. It all makes sense to me. Uh, and But speaking of Doom, like, uh, I, like, obviously there were games in between, like, Wolfenstein yes. 3D and then Doom mm-hmm. uh, but in Doom 2 Commander Keen made a cameo he did as a corpse in a secret room <laughs> yes. or several corpses in a secret room I do believe it's kind of funny because that's the kind of thing you'd expect like cheeky teens to do as an easter egg in a game is like we'll get someone else's character and like hang them up on a hook and you can shoot it but they did it to their own character <laughs> they went we hate this guy <laughs> even though we, I don't think they actually hate him they just thought it was funny yeah but it, it just goes to show you how much they matured and also not matured yes in that like kind of uh, like four or five year period there. yeah fascinating stuff alright so Commander Keen interesting to history don't bother yeah I wouldn't bother so Rob what's been going on in your so called life it is a life but stop I hate I hate I re- <laughs> I, ref- I retort no you're only proving my point right now uh, I have a life damn it which I will talk about right now uh, so not a lot <laughs> <Moving> <laughs> okay. um, no no uh, it's, <laughs> it's been pretty much same old um, while you've been away um, although my daughter's been having a lot of, of developments and things happening yeah um, so she started crawling oh yeah on Which, the walls? Is she Spider-Man? Is she secretly Spider-Man? Mm, Spider-Woman? Spider-Girl? Less Some spi- sort of spider? Was she bitten by a radioactive spider? Or just a regular spider? It's less Spider-Man and more... Have you seen the movie The Exorcist? <laughs> no, but I have seen train spotting. Is it like that? Yes. <laughs> Crawling on the ceiling? That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So... You're totally whacked out on your head and then... Yep. Head so I, and... I quit heroin. <laughs> and, my, and my baby started crawling on the, on the roof. Which was, I, I think, a bit upsetting, actually, for me. <laughs> It, it, it didn't. It didn't go down well. Uh, but no, she's crawling now, which is fascinating because it is this whole other like swathe of issues, you know. Because you gotta, you gotta put everything out of reach. Yeah. So our our living room is like a is like it's so barren. It's it's like we're moving house, you know, because like everything's it's all the shelves, all the low hanging shelves are, are like just empty. You know, we've taken everything off because. The exact same time that she decided to, to start crawling, she also decided to start pulling herself up on things. So mm. not not only is she now cruising around the um the living room, but she's also crawling over to, to pieces of furniture and grabbing hold of, of it and pulling herself onto her legs. So she's gone um, from crawling to trying to actually walk, but she can't figure out how to walk yet. No, so not confidently. She'll yeah. she'll grab onto furniture and then kind of shuffle around. Like she can grab onto the front of the couch. And then I'll put a very tempting toy 
on the other end of the couch and she'll sort of shuffle along the edge of the couch to get the toy, you know? Um, but she does funny things like for a while there she was getting stuck so she'd hold on to the chair, you know, the lip of the chair. Yeah. Um, have a bit of a good time doing that. And then realise she can't get back down again and then start whinging and crying and like, oh, sort of with this panic look on her face. And I, being a great parent, didn't help her at all. Um, I'm like, <laughs> Filmed it, put it on YouTube. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, she's got to figure this stuff out for herself. And she's <laughs> her solution to start with was just to sort of like unceremoniously kind of just collapse and like just fall. I um, still do that to this day. Yeah. That, yeah, I've seen you do it. Not, not this evening, this very evening. Um, but no, she, she sort of would just flop onto her stomach. And now she's kind of done this ungraceful but effective thing where she sort of sort of slowly kind of... I, I, I can't show everyone at home, but it's like sticking one leg further and further out until she kind of just falls but and then lands sort of on her butt. You know, if you can imagine sort of someone just putting their yeah, leg out further yeah. and further out so until they just lessons, inevitably collapse. So she's worked gravity out to some extent. Yeah, she's getting there. I'll tell you what, she's a lot happier now that she's crawling. Um, she's much less frustrated because she can go... More or less where she wants. Um, but we're a lot more worried. <laughs> because all of a sudden, the, the the prospect of her killing herself has multiplied. And like, babies are already little suicide machines. Anyway. Yes. Now she's like... Her suicide... Her suicidal tendencies have like reached a whole new new like tier, you know? So... Um, and you want to encourage them to explore and to be able yeah. to do this. But you also... You can't put them on a leash either and... Put them in a playpen and say, uh, here's a box. Knock yourself out, kid. Well, I could put... I, the funny thing is the playpen's now seeming more and more tempting. But, like, in a way, we've kind of turned the entire living room into a playpen because we've got the gates pretty much right out the front of the, the, the living room. Like, she can't go very far into the house at all. Hmm. Like, our solution to baby-proofing the house was just to put gates up to prevent her from getting absolutely anywhere. See, um, I know what you're like. You've got a minimalistic lifestyle hmm. thing going there. We're and trying. I bet you love it. I actually, the fact that the living room is really like clean and tidy now and devoid of clutter is really great. I'm very happy about that. The only problem is that all that clutter hasn't been thrown out. It's just been moved to somewhere else in the house. Yeah. You know? But we're going through this process of trying to declutter and things right now. So we're looking forward to the church fate, which is coming up, where we're just basically going to like grab a whole bunch of crap we don't need anymore and just foist it on the church. Well, you know, sell if, it if, you, if you want to sell your, you know, your PS4... Or... That's the gem. It's not really what I call I clutter. Might, uh, yeah, I mean, I might, I might offer you a nice price for it. <laughs> Shiny brass razoo. <laughs> Um, oh, shine, oh, shove it up your shiny brass razor. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. But that's what's happening with me. Basically, just hurting this child. It's very interested in things like electric sockets. Oh yes. Um, she she makes a beeline for like the sockets in the wall with this really cute, happy little noises like like oh god. At least don't if you're gonna march towards your death. Don't do it so gleefully. You know, you have no idea how much that hurts. Trust me, kids at home. I have been electrocuted before. Mm. More than once. I know exactly how much that hurts. Oh, God. A baby would not survive 240 volts here in Australia. So we're going to have to get some of those, like, you know, those plug things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because we didn't really think about that. But now we're like... Well, you know, just toss her out in the yard. Yeah, well, yeah, she can just eat dirt all day and, you know... (laughs) They'd do that anyway. Get splinters in her hands. She'll be right. So what games have you been playing lately? Let (sighs) me guess. I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark here. Yes, Rampage. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so here's a funny thing. Dynamite ducks. (laughs) Can we not talk about Dynamite Ducks, please? For one episode. For one episode, let's not talk about that. I have Dynamite Ducks. If you want, I can stop this podcast now. We can go onto my master system and we can play Dynamite Ducks. Oh, God. Yeah, let's do that.
Really? Right, pack this in. Let's go play Dynamite Ducks. You, Fuck you this see, shit. You, you, you say that now. <laughs> as soon as we turn Dynamite Ducks on, you will be like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I want out. He's got a bow tie. I don't care. <laughs> like, I have this game. You don't. I've played it recently. You haven't. Uh, yeah, yes. I played it a lot I, when I, I was we, we can make it a featured game if you want. <laughs> Let's do that. Rob, <laughs> people accuse us all the time. All the time. Yes. Of saying, oh, you only choose games that you like and you recommend. And he's mm. like, would you play this game? We all say, yeah, you really should. Mm. Yeah, let's play Dynamite Ducks and see what we say then. <laughs> all right. All right, that's on. We'll do that at some point. Okay, we'll, we'll do Dynamite Ducks. You'll that's find a, out what Dynamite Ducks is. That's a all lock. Right, but you've been playing. Yes. You were Stardew guess. Ballet. That's, yes, I've been playing the, the Stardew Valley mm-hmm. yet again. Um... Which, you, which we've, you've talked about for the past three All episodes. All I've been doing with my with my gaming time is playing this game. It's really... Because of your thumb as well. Yeah, well, was, to start with, it was that. And now I have... Like, my thumb's kind of recovered now. Um, it's 99% back to its normal former self, just a little bit smaller than it, than it used to be. Um, no longer looks like a half-peeled banana. No, it just looks like a... looks a bit raw. Like, it's just mm. like the skin's kind of basically exposed now and it just looks a bit red, you know? Um, but yeah, it's back to working condition. I could be playing something else, but I choose to play Stardew Valley because it's just so damn addicting. Um, but I will say, um, I hit this interesting point in this game where I've, I, I spent all winter in the game where, where you can't grow crops or, um, you know, do much. So it's a great time to sort of, you know, level up your tools and kind of go mining and build a lot of stuff in preparation for spring. Uh-huh. So I spent all winter building sprinklers because I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to build like 50 sprinklers. I never have to water the crops ever again because watering crops is very time-consuming. And if you want to grow a lot of crops in this game, you, you kind of have to migrate away from the watering can at some point. Yeah. So, yeah, I spent all winter getting the resources I needed to, to build 50 sprinklers. Day, day one in spring, I planted this massive field, mainly, uh, uh, you know, all sorts of different crops. Um, now I'm in summer and I'm growing corn, like just this huge field of corn. But everything's automated. So I wake up in the morning and all the crops are already watered. And I'm like, hmm, what am I going to do now? So I go, like, you know, feed the chickens and go and, like, you know, say hello to the cows and stuff. And I've got the whole day ahead of me. I have very little, like, plans. So I end up bumming around town and just talking to randoms and, like, drinking at the bar and, like, just dicking around, basically going going fishing a bit. And Do you play this game less now that you've automated yeah. everything? So basically this time, this all this time, this game was basically, like, just basically wasting... Yeah. Wasting time. I'm through the looking glass. It was glass. busy work. This game is busy well, work. In some weird way. And now way, you've automated your busy work. Well, this is the thing, is that all games are kind of busy work. But if they keep you on that treadmill and dangle that carrot, you keep playing it. Yeah. But I've kind of broken the the game in a way by, by taking away a large part of what makes it, you know, fun. Which is kind of like struggling against the clock. Because you've got this, this clock that ticks down every day. Yeah. You've only got a certain amount of time to do everything. I've got more time than I need now, and I'm kind of like bored of the game because I don't have that pressure anymore. So <laughs> I think I might stop playing it soon, which is weird. But hey, you might actually hear about a different game next week. That but, might be good. But yeah. I also want you to marry your. Yeah. I I, I want to see a marriage. I think once I've married and had a couple kids in the game, that'll be it. That that'll so. be it. You'll abandon them, and then you'll disappear. Like, yeah. where's daddy, mummy? <laughs> That's right. Where's daddy? Back to the city. <laughs> Fuck this <laughs> stupid farm. I'm gonna go back to my we're, terrible. Well, we've given up on the whole swearing thing, haven't we? we Let's pr- just admit it. We pretty much have. I'm just yeah. waiting to see whether iTunes notices. But <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, um, if they ever become popular, they'll notice. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, that's, so, that's all I've been doing. Okay. Um, what about you? You've, you've had a lot. I hope you've had a lot to talk about because I had bugger all. <laughs> um, Ten minutes of bugger all. Yeah. Well, I managed to. Sp- I managed to get a lot out of a little. 
Uh, you know, I've I've been busy. Uh, okay, so you heard the first part about how I went back to Japan. Um, mm-hmm. We, the day going back to Japan was absolute hell, mm. uh, and the best part of that was actually Mei-chan. Um, like you'd think traveling with an infant is like the worst thing you can do on a plane. Yeah. She wasn't too bad. Okay. Um, I think the drone of the engines on the plane made her sleep. She was still fussy at times and what needed to be fed and changed and all that kind of stuff over an eight hour, nine hour period. Yeah, that would be awkward. But, uh... Yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, she wasn't like the pressure didn't get to her, like the, the air pressure, mm. that is to say. Like yeah. it, didn't, it didn't really seem to fuss her that much. Okay. The droning of the engines seemed to help get her to sleep. She was calm for most of the time. Cool. Um, we got the whole, oh, that's such a cute baby. But we flew Qantas and Qantas were terrible. Really? I can honestly say, if you have a choice between flying Qantas and Jetstar, which is like the cheaper version of Qantas, owned by Qantas. Yeah. Choose Jetstar because mm. the staff on Qantas were of no help. Really? And yeah, when I yeah. called up to complain, I was on the phone for three hours and almost cried when I heard mm. a real person when I was... And this is, I was trying to sort out my, my wife's travel details. Mm. We had to call them up a total of four times. They didn't sort out her return travel details because mm. she changed her flight to stay longer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't until she called the Japanese office of Qantas, mm. got through straight away, talked to a Japanese person. They saw the log history and went, oh, that's terrible. Uh, mm. We won't charge you like this other fees we were going to originally charge you. Mm. And your flight is now confirmed. Nice. Okay. So Japanese so, Qantas is all right. But... Yeah, but you do not fly Qantas. Right. Internationally, na- like uh, domestically, they were fine. Mm-hmm. Like we had to fly from here to Brisbane, mm. Canberra to Brisbane. They were very delightful, mm. very helpful. Mm. On the rest of like the international flight uh, from Brisbane to Narita, mm. they were awful. Really? Yeah, and I'm going to yeah. use my influence on this podcast mm. right now. Do not fly international <laughs> Qantas ever. Right. And when you go up to that desk and say, hello, my name is such and such. I do not want to fly with your airline. <laughs> Andrew AC Yoshimura from Game Life Balance Australia sent me. Give him the finger, <laughs> then walk off. Maybe just mu- like, muss up the like the, the, the doc. Yeah, yeah, just like just mix it all up. I hate it if someone didn't use a coaster. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, that's that's how terrible our experience was. They were yeah. no help. Um, they watched us as like we had to get like my wife, who's like five foot nothing, like she's tiny, had to you know basically crawl on the armrests, like stand on the armrests to get stuff in while I was taking care of the screaming baby, and I was on like the center seat. She was on the aisle seat for quick access. Tried to access the bathroom a couple of times. And like the one with the change table, like there was someone in there. It turns out there was no one in there and they just forgot to unlock it. Uh, and the, the person was walking past lots and I was going, oh, we don't usually open this one. But since you got a baby, I guess we'll open it for you. So, and then it was open. She went in there once and then it was full the rest of the flight with other people going in there. Uh, so it yeah. was just completely useless. They were unapologetic. Uh, they were not helpful. And like it goes to the point where like I would I am so angry at them that mm. I just don't want to have anything to do with you mm. know in my private life you know, with Qantas ever again. Yeah, so, God, that's awful. Yeah, it was it was really really terrible. Um, so when we got there, we had to get from Narita, which is in Chiba, through Tokyo, Tokyo to the bottom of Guma, Guma to the kind of center of Guma, and then the center of Guma to uh, where my wife lives mm-hmm. and then even further on from that and that took door to door it was about 24 hours worth of travel time wow the only one who got any sleep was May <laughs> during that period we were both so over everything and like there were these little niggling points like the 
awful experience we had with Qantas kind of like tipped the rest of the journey if yeah, you know what I mean yeah put so a sour taste in your mouth it really really did and like mm. people who were trying to be helpful to us like uh, Maria's relatives when they were trying to set up like a baby car seat couldn't figure it out it was raining because there was a typhoon on the way oh my god so we were like standing out in the middle of the rain there was no cover they oh. were trying to figure out this like little car seat I had all this luggage and they were going I don't think that's going to fit in the back and like I can understand them but my, my Japanese was not flowing to me at that stage and I was yeah. like going Jigao Daijobu yeah 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 like, I couldn't get angry at them because they were trying to be helpful but they were being horribly incompetent as well <laughs> So we finally got to this place, couldn't even get into the building, finally got into the building and basically like we needed to have a shower, you know, before we collapsed. And then Mm. we were up within the next four hours for the funeral. So God, it was the the funeral was complete Shinto. Like it was very, very Shinto. Um, I Because I am the next Yoshimura in line in terms of the male lineage, I suppose, now Mm. that um, I married into the family. Mm. Uh, I was front and center with everyone else, like with the other close members of the family. So mm. I was treated as one of the one of the close, you know, like one of the like immediate family. immediate family members. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I'd like to talk more about it, but it's very personal. And Shinto sure. families are very different. Shinto funerals, rather than families, I should say, mm. are very different from uh, Western experiences. And I'm sure some of our Japanese listeners out there know what I mean, but I, yeah. I think it's a little bit too. A little bit too soon, a little bit too personal for me to talk about sure. at the moment. Sure, I so, understand um, that completely. Yeah, yeah. So the rest of my time in Japan, uh, I was I was staying in a place called Kusatsu. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, uh, it, it's touristy for Japanese people. Okay. Uh, so everything's in Japanese, which is fine for me. Like I don't really have a large problem with that. But there's nothing around to do. Right. So I spend a lot of time at like the local Seven Eleven, like buying snack food and stuff. Right. Uh, while my wife was taking care of like some like family business and stuff, and I can't go into my wife's house because I'm allergic to cats and they have lots of cats and right, I die easily. It turns out in close proximity to cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like chemical warfare. Basically, you. yeah. yeah. Um, so I did manage to go down to Tokyo for one day. Okay, I got a um, I did actually see a. Uh, friend of the show Andrew Elchan Yoshimura oh cool uh, and we just hung around watching Simpsons all night and it was a good time like it was really good to see him mm. I also got a couple of other things along the way uh, I did actually do some retro game shopping uh, and like that wasn't like the feeling of I really need to get some retro gaming done in Japan it was mm. like no I just needed to take my mind off all the horrible stuff that had been going on so yeah, I, yeah. I really needed to distract myself since I was by myself yes so I actually got like a boxed uh, PC Engine Graphics 2 or 1 console okay. like which is pretty cool uh, and uh, got a whole bunch of uh, Famicom games including Mega Man or Rockman uh, 5 which you and I played the other yeah, day yeah that's pretty some good other, some of the games yeah uh, Hello Kitty World, which is actually just balloon fight, <laughs> balloon something or other. But Hello Kitty, so obviously yeah. a lot better. No, oh, yes, you know, obviously, obviously superior in nature. <laughs> so uh, I, I did get a little bit of that done, uh, mm. not on purpose so much as like it was just a distraction for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, oh, my wife is still over there at the moment, so I've been home alone. Uh, coming back was a bit better than the Ford flight, uh, mm. but. You know, it wasn't great either because mm. I had to leave my wife and child over there. Yeah, it has to be so tough. Uh, it is because yeah. May, while we were over there, staying in this like apartment, uh, she started rolling. Like your baby started crawling, ours started rolling. Oh wow! Like she rolled onto one side. She didn't like rolling onto the other side, but she liked rolling onto her like right side, yes. and like she found it horror, like really, really hilarious. Yeah. 
but then you chip her on her other side. You go, ah, I don't like this. I didn't do it myself. I need to be able to do it myself. Something like that. <laughs> Baby logic. Uh, and so now she's rocking from side to side as well. That's so, cool. So she turned herself over in the in the yeah. basket sort of thing. Or? Yeah. Well, there's no basket at the moment. Yeah. Like, because yeah. we we went there in such a hurry that we don't have a lot of baby goods. Sure. Over there, yeah. which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. So uh, after I came back, I, ha- I luckily I've got some good friends who have been keeping me company, and Rob. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like you don't Zing. include me with those. <laughs> No, no, Rob. Rob's been really good. I've actually seen Rob the most uh, because Rob came over here. Then I went over to Rob's, and Rob's over here tonight. Uh, uh, I'd like to say friend and fan of the show, Charlie, but that's a lie. I have this <laughs> this this friend, uh, kind of brothers in arms, kind of more. Uh, yeah, friend Charlie. You're in the trenches together. We yes. If that- by trenches you mean like. Early twenties bachelor life. <laughs> yes, that is that is accurate. I, I've known him for almost as long as I've known you. Yeah, actually, yeah, we were no, at the same, same primary school. Yes. Yeah, uh, and we are good friends. We don't see each other much anymore because we're on different ends of town and we both leave, lead very busy and different lives. But whenever we catch up, boy, do we catch up! <laughs> so we last Friday night he came over. We drank a bit. Uh, and then we decided to go for a walk mm-hmm. and then real missing. <laughs> and then we were playing Alien vs. Predator on my main machine at like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and that thing is loud. Yes, so that's a loud game. We were like covering the speakers with like lots of like coats and stuff like that to try and minimize the noise. <laughs> it was a, um, it was, it was a fun night. It was, it was a good release for me, I mm. guess. Um, Good to keep busy when you're so I tried to. far away from your family and stuff. Yeah. Well, one yeah. thing I did get on the way back was a gear converter for my Retro Freak. Retro Freak is a console that uh, emulates uh, PC Engine, Game Boy, uh, NES, Famicom, Super Famicom, NES, Genesis, Mega Drive games. This uh, particular add-on gives mm-hmm. you uh, Game Gear games, Sega card games, and Mark III games. Oh, Mark wow. III are Master System games. But they have a different cartridge size, so they don't fit together. Unfortunately, you need an adapter. But um, so it was mainly for for Game Gear, sure. Uh, which I have about thirty. I mean, like, or maybe more. Like who? Like, and a lot of them are boxed. Like, who has that many Game Gear games? Yeah, yeah. honestly. Yes, it's rather. Odd. I do. I don't know why. I mean, they're good <laughs> games. Like, they're basically Master System games. But um, yeah. I, I made a couple of videos of that last night, edited them, then put them up there. So if you're interested in in the Retro Freak and Gear Converter, look those up. Yeah. Uh, so I've been really trying to keep myself busy. Mm. I cleaned out the fridge. <laughs> I, I saw you on Twitter tweeting, I cleaned out the fridge. And I thought, oh, he's really in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I was a bit worried for you, actually. <laughs> I, but, um, I had to throw out a lot of stuff because while, while uh, Maria, my wife, is here. It's like, no, no, I'll use that later. No, no, I'll use that later. No, no, that's totally okay to use. It's like, no, the freezer is not cryogenic stasis. <laughs> Stuff needs to be... It, it still goes bad. It just takes a little bit longer to go bad. I will admit, my limited experience with your fridge is like trying to shove beer in it. And it seems like there's never any room. There's lots of room now. I threw everything out. <laughs> Brilliant. Basically, I just went, this is off, this is off, this is off. Why do we have ham from 1969? <laughs> She'll come home. Was this, was this what killed Mama Cass? Is this the ham that killed Mama Cass? <laughs> She's going to come home and be like, Oh, my Mama Cass ham. <laughs> you threw it out. You probably could sell Mama Cass ham on, <laughs> on eBay for a lot of money. Can Google that now. Yeah, okay. You don't know who Mama hey, Cass Siri, is. Hey, uh, Siri, Mama Cass ham. <laughs> Damn you, Siri. Damn you. Hang on, I'll try it. I'll try it. Um, hang on. Use your superior voice-related yeah, okay. Googling method. Mama Cass Ham. 
There we go. Uh, Cass Elliot, it uh, it brought up the page. Uh, she uh, often repeated, <laughs> legend repeated legend. That, that she died of a ham sandwich. She did not actually die of that, but um, she was a, a a larger than life personality. <laughs> let's say, let's say from from that particular. Look up Mama, Mama Cass using your voice. Mama related, Cass, oh god, your she's voice activated. Such software. a good singer. I really love Mama Cass. Actually, she's so really good singer. Anyway, um, yeah. So I did clean out the fridge. I cleaned out the cupboard solely from eating. Uh, because I didn't want to buy anything. Um, mm. Interestingly, I bought on the way back home. I bought a whole bunch of Sailor Moon merchandise. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Why would you buy that?" Uh, well, I actually, funnily enough, mm-hmm. I have actually seen most of Sailor Moon. Right. Uh, because my wife wanted to watch it on the internet. Okay. Uh, so I saw like the the subbed version, um, which she used to watch as a kid, and I think I've got Stockholm syndrome now. <laughs> Whereas I understand a lot, like. Sailor Moon isn't certainly is not the worst cartoon out there. No, uh, it's just uh, most of it. The overwhelming majority of Sailor Moon is filler. Yeah, I could reckon I could edit that series down to mm. about twenty really good episodes. Wait, you're saying animes have filler episodes? <laughs> I know. What? Shock. My, mind blown. <laughs> um, but I got a whole because it's the twentieth anniversary of either the manga or the anime. I'm not sure which. Mm. Um, they had a whole bunch of stuff over there, so I actually got some of that stuff. Uh, when I was in Wayno on the way home mm-hmm. uh, where I got the, the gear converter and then sold it back in Australia and I think oh you shill why are you selling that stuff well because like going over to Japan was really really expensive on short notice and I'm trying to recoup some of my costs mm-hmm. my, my costs so yeah any any kind of money that I can get at the moment like from selling Sailor Moon merch is like very much appreciated well there's a lot of people here that love all things Japanese and uh, you know and yeah. we'll, we'll pay top dollar well, not top dollar but they'll pay a premium I certainly yeah. made at least 50 possibly 70% <clears throat> on the stuff I bought and you know this is stuff that you would probably it would probably cost more to import anyway so the, mm. the, even the people here are getting a bit of a bargain hey but you know you're, you're providing a service I am uh, at a profit which uh, usually I feel kind of awkward about but hey, not this time that's what our society is built on yeah I know but like this this is this is quite the markup you got to understand <laughs> I got this out of a bubble machine like a gotcha pond machine for like 100 yen and I'm charging like oh 10 bucks for it yeah. hey I love these yeah. sorry Shenmue reference um, yes <laughs> um, yes so let's not mention Shenmue at the moment no let's not Alright, so that's been my life. Uh, I did play some games, uh, and I have made some videos, but basically I've been at home trying to keep myself incredibly busy. Mm-hmm. I'll probably have a bit more gaming talk to talk about next time, yeah. but in the meantime, I believe you have a Quizzy Whiz Whiz Whiz. I do have a Quizzy Whiz Whiz. That's probably the worst thing <laughs> The, or the best thing you've called it so far. So. Really, really, Uncle Rob? Oh god, let's just get this over with. Ah, Rob, did you really have to quizzy whiz 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 all over the desk? We have toilets here. We're not savages, thank you. I've been holding it in all all podcast. You've been going to the bathroom. We've been sitting here. Patient. We have more than one bathroom in this house. What? Yeah, this I know. Mind blow. Yes. As well as my pants. Yes. All over the table. Yes. Quizzy whiz whiz whiz. <laughs> You came up with that term. I know, but I can't stop saying it now. All right, so what's this? What's this quiz about? Right, if it's about dentists, I'm gonna kill you. I swear. It's not about dentists. It's about crazy dentists. No, no, no. no, I I won't do that to anyone again because you know I'm probably gonna go to hell for last week's quiz. So uh, you'll be a good company. He was a guest, a special guest who came on at the last minute to help out. Yep, and that's how I treated him. Yep. I'm sorry, Utter Steve. contempt. Steve, I'm very sorry. He's not sorry. No, it was funny. <laughs> but um, this quiz is not about uh, crazy dentists. Um, 
at all. Okay. But what it is about is food. Now, we touched briefly upon uh, the fact that Commander Keen yep. eats a lot of trash food. He's basically like a garbage monster. He just eats sugar and pizza all day that's, long. That's us as well, yep. Um, and you know, Is that the genius of this quiz? Yeah, actually, I was, I was playing Commander Keen the other day, just trying to get a bit further in it than you and I got up to the other day. And um, well, you almost finished the first All episode. I could think about was how there's, not, there's no healthy food in this game. It's all lollipops and, and, and Pepsi and shit, you know? So I thought, all right, um, let's, let's maybe do a quiz about food in video games. So, okay. So this is a, a general quiz. It's a little bit of everything. Yep. Um, food in video games. Okay, go. So let's get started. Ten questions. See how you go. Uh, question number one. Which of the following is not a healing item in Final Fight? Sushi, curry, or french fries? Oh, in Final Fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, sushi. No, french fries. Oh, Strangely okay. enough, there's a lot of uh, Asian cuisine in french in, that, in, in that... French fries. In Final Fight. <laughs> In Final Fright. God, Final I... Fright sounds like a great Halloween version of Final Fight. <laughs> Let's make it. Okay, yeah. That's a ROM hack. We'll make a million dollars. Final Fright, crazy dentist. <laughs> you, you... All right, you, you get one point. <laughs> okay, so question two. The food-based healing item in Castlevania is often mistaken to be a chicken. What is it according to the Pork game chop. manual? Pork chop. I'm afraid the answer is leg of a werewolf. What? According to the game manual. <laughs> what? For the original Castlevania. In the West, at least. Uh, I might have to dispute that, but I'll give it to you. Leg of Werewolf. Yum, yum, yum. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I might dispute that later on, if but you, okay. If you all have right, some... Right. I, I saw a PDF of a game manual. Okay. If all you right, want right. to send in some conflicting stuff, send it in. Okay. Nope. We'll, at we'll, GLB we'll. Australia. Uh, okay. Question three. In Persona 4... Yes. Your beloved game... One of your most favourite games. Uh, I love that game. I've never played through it all the way myself. <laughs> I love the soundtrack. I love watching it. Playing it, though, is just... Yeah. It's like, it's like being stuck on Groundhog Day, except mm. where things very slowly happen, which <laughs> is, like, already my life. <laughs> I should just make Persona 4 but put Bill Murray in it. That would be great. All right. Um... Patent pending. <laughs> Murray, if you're listening, contact us on Persona this Persona 4 Golden Murray Edition. Golden Murray... <laughs> Right. I would pay for that game. <laughs> I would pay so much money for that oh, game. Man. He'd probably do it too. I mean, not not because he's like he does things so just, selectively now. It's just that it seems so random and up his alley. Bill He'd probably go, okay, yeah, sure, why not? Bill Murray's <laughs> sleezing onto a Japanese schoolgirl or something. That okay, now he probably won't do it. Thank uh, you very much. You ruined our prospect. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Bill Murray, reconsider, please. Golden Murray edition has legs. Um, anyway, in Persona Four. What food item is suspected to be a portal to the meat dimension? Uh, you're not going to give me A, B, or C for no. this In Persona 4, what food item is suspected to be a portal to the meat dimension? Uh, steak. No, I'm afraid the answer is the rainy day mega beef bowl challenge. Steak. The rainy day steak. mega beef... Steak. Money's too I tight. I want steak. Money's too tight for steak. For steak. <laughs> Sorry. 3-0 <laughs> I thought you'd get that one You remember the rainy day Mega Beast I do jump? now Yes Alright Okay There are a hundred hours Of that game <laughs> Chie talks about steak For like 50 of those hours You suspect That this bowl Might be a portal To the meat dimension Oh okay Yes now I remember When you put it like that 
right. which is exactly how you were putting it before. Yeah, exactly the same. Question number four. Okay. Oh god, this is a this is a hard one. All right. Uh, okay. I'll give you. This is a two-parter. Okay. Part. Well, actually, no, it's not. All right. True or false? Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Plark Attack is a 1983 Activision game where you play as a tube of toothpaste and shoot food that threatens to destroy teeth. True or false? True. Yes, that's true. It's for the Atari 2600. I've played that game. I think we've both played it because yeah. it was at the after school care. Uh, yeah, we the after school care we yeah. went to. I was testing your memory more than anything else there. No, I'm, I am already aware of that game. It was like it was like one of those things that Activision like had all these grand games that were really cool, like mm. you know, like some great vertical shooters for home consoles and yeah, like platformers. Yeah. And they had games like this, which were like kind of churned out on the side. Yes, or something. yes. The idea was that it was going to teach kids to like brush their teeth or something. But I don't know what it, for me all it did was make me hungry because it was just hot dogs and hamburgers flying at you a lot so it's made me want to eat a bunch of bad food so what, whatever you say uh, mm. beady von porn star <laughs> no worries hot dogs Ch- flying at you thanks Chad <laughs> uh, question number five okay in the Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim colon Skyrim you, yep. on record as the easiest video game in history oh yeah I uh, finished that thing in like what half an hour yeah that's right I punched a dragon to death watch that video trust me it's funny <laughs> Rob's so angry that I managed to do it I was I was very miffed uh, in the Elder Scrolls 5 colon Skyrim the player can cook a variety of food made from ingredients collected in the game world yep multiple choice okay which of these is not something you can cook in Skyrim A Steamed mud crab legs. B. Mammoth steak. C. Horse haunch. Or D. Dragon meat stew. Dragon meat stew. Yeah, you're right. Dragon meat is the one. Because I know what happens to a dragon once you punch it to death. Oh, yeah! It, it disappears and there's nothing but a skeleton left. Nothing to eat there, baby. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Yeah. You're paying attention. I, I finished that game. Thank you <laughs> very much. You go up to the first dragon and punch it to death. What did I do to it, Rob? Say it. You punched it to death. Thank you very much. Yes, I did. And then that's all I needed to do in Skyrim. I punched a dragon. The yes. rest of the game is too easy. You punched for me a then. dragon that was suspiciously full of arrows when you weren't using a bow to death. <laughs> Look, I had help from above. <laughs> from, from above, you mean from below. By pe- a whole bunch of people with bows. I like to think there was another oh. dragon up there saying, I really want to help this guy punch a dragon. Anyway, next question. <laughs> Moving on. Question number six. Hey, AC. Yeah. What's the name of the berries that Yoshi eats? What's the name of those berries that Yoshi eats? Yoshi berries. You know what? Yeah. I'll accept that. <laughs> because it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a, a funny thing. They don't really have a name. They're variously called fruits, berries, nuts, Yoshi fruit in different they games. They all look like apples to me. Yeah. Like they always look they though looked bigger than berries. They look like apples. Yeah, so. one of the games call them nuts, which is weird. Because okay. I don't think if that's a that's a big ass nut right there. That's it. Yeah, I mean, um, I, that's not that's not something I'd want to nut anytime soon. But um, you know, Yoshi, gross. But Yo- <laughs> Yoshi is, you know, he's kind of not, not very discriminatory about what he eats. Really, he'll, he'll, his- eat, he'll eat anything. The only <laughs> thing he won't eat is Mario. Trust yeah. me, I've tried. I've tried to rom hack of that. Maybe work. he would eat Mario, but he's scared of the ramifications. You know, <laughs> he'd be put to death or something like that. You know, Toad would execute him. <laughs> treason. Yeah. High treason. Yeah. To the Mushroom King. Okay. He, okay. Hit on Question the block. Seven. Question seven. In which versions of Alex Kid in Miracle World does Alex eat rice balls as opposed to hamburgers? Uh Alex 
the Japanese version of Alex Kidd in Miracle World. I think it's also in the early American versions as well. And Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle. So, I was speaking about Alex Kidd in Miracle World specifically. So, yep. I'll disregard the Enchanted Castle stuff. Yep. But what I found very interesting is... All the cartridge versions have him eating rice balls, regardless of region. It's really? the built-in version that has uh, him eating a hamburger. That's yeah, the built-in version on the on the Super. Mars- That's interesting. Yeah, because oh, I know sorry, that the, the, the two. It, mm. Yeah, uh, the American version definitely had him eating uh, onigiri, which is what rice balls are called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the American version, uh, and <sighs> American version as well, he ate rice balls. It was only when they they. They had the the built-in, yeah, the built-in that they decided to change. I did not know that. That's interesting. An Alex Kid fact I did not know. So he gets the points for that. Uh, Half each, or yeah, sort of. Yeah, look, I'll give you half a point because you did say you did you didn't say anything wrong. You just didn't get the full sort of picture there. Okay. So all right. Um, All right. So I get half. You get half. Yeah. We're still even then. Three and a half each. Cool. All All right. right. Question number eight. Yep. Now we all know that Bonk loves to eat meat. Yeah. As otherwise known as. You know, BC Genjin or PC Genjin. PC yeah. Genjin. BC yep. Kid. BC Kid, PC Bonk. Ben. Yeah, okay. Yep. He goes by many names. Yep. He's a rad little caveman dude. He is Possibly a, a renaissance baby. man. Possibly an angry baby. But he... <laughs> you should have you called your baby Bonk. I just... I, yeah, because they would be awesome. And they would sort of be apt as well, because she does go headlong into stuff a lot. Um, anyway, we all know that he likes meat. It makes him stronger, or in some cases, it makes him flip his friggin' lid and go buck wild on everybody. Yeah. But do you know what the second level of meat power does to Bonk in the Japanese version of Bonk's Revenge and Bonk 3, otherwise known as PC Genjin 2 and 3? Oh, no. You know what? I have uh, PC, uh, PC Genjin 2, but it doesn't work. I actually uh... specifically bought it. The cartridge I bought from Super Potato... Didn't work. Okay. I hate you, Super Potato. I don't actually. <laughs> but, but I was really angry about that because I got it back to Australia, plugged it in, and it yeah. didn't work. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Does it turn him into like a an eight, like a a car or something? You know what? Yeah. It turns him into a woman. Ah, okay. It turns him into a cave woman, and that was taken out of the um the American release because they were like, that's just like no, nah, that offends my Christian sensibilities. I don't know what they thought, <laughs> but they were like, we, we can't have kids playing game where you turn into a woman. That's too weird. But a game where you like, you know, eat werewolf legs, that's fine, you know. Yeah. So okay. um, makes makes more sense. It's a very strange way. choice. Okay. Uh, four and a half to you, three and a half to me. Question number nine. Yep. Name the three healing food items in the hallowed classic dynamite ducks. Ah, oh, damn it! This is why you bought it up before you bastard. <laughs> you know, I can't. I'm going to get this wrong. I just There's no way I can get this right. There honestly is not any way I can get this right. Just have a stare in the dark. Three, just name three foods that uh, sound Okay, about. hot dog, hamburger, french fries. Whoa, you got two out of three. That's crazy. Hamburgers, hot dogs, and cake. I wouldn't have got cake. Cake. I wouldn't have got yeah, cake. So what, what, do I get like two thirds of a point well, there? Sure. All right. 75. Two no, it's 66 of a point. You get one yeah. third of a point there. Um, I think you've won this. I don't know how math works, but okay, last Got question. One last question. Yeah. May tip the tie depending on your mathematical skills. Yep. Uh, we, we can go for a punch up later if you want. No, um, I'd rather not. My delicate pretty boy face will not survive. My face. My valuable face. <laughs> okay. Question 10. Yep. True or false? In 2008. Yep. Peter, that's the uh, people for the ethical treatment of animals, yeah. made a flash game ripoff of the cute Nintendo DS classic Cooking Mama 
entitled Cooking Mama, colon, Mama Kills Animals. In the game, you must kill a turkey, pluck its feathers off, pull out its guts, and hack off its head. True. Yes, true. I've played it. <laughs> yeah, you have. Apparently, it's very funny. Yes. Unintentionally, <laughs> unintentionally really, really funny. <laughs> that game... That game is actually incredibly, incredibly funny because like they're like, ah, you shouldn't do this. And you're like going, ah, pluck that. Pluck you, mother plucker. Apparently the game rates you on how mean you are. And if you're not mean enough, mama gets angry at you for not being mean enough. I never I never got anything under the 100%, I think. I was pretty mean. Like, there was the same kind of game that you play around the time of like, uh, you, there was the, this first person shooter demo of like where you need to kill JFK. Yes. It's like uh, the year of gross out games. Yeah, and I yeah. I remember that that was like at a similar time, like mm. within a year or two of, of that particular game. Yeah. So they I released was very that... good at that game too. So uh mm. let me have a look. Um I think I may have actually won this. Oh really? Uh I don't know. What, okay, what do you so want? You got four you got four and a half plus two thirds, so like five and a bit. I've got four and a half plus one third. So you win. By like a fraction, I what, literally a fraction. Yeah, by a, fra- a third of a point. A third of a point, I win that. I, I think we should probably call that a tie, or you win. But um, mm. I, you know, I'll I'll take that third of a point. I'll take it. I'll take it like a man, Rob. <laughs> I'll take it up the Jacksey. <laughs> you lie down and think of England. <laughs> Take it to... T- yep. Okay, well, thank you for listening to episode 17 of Game of Life Balance Australia. I always think of the Queen when people say that. It's like, yeah. I lie down and think of the Queen and everything just goes flaccid. <laughs> Aw. She's a lovely old lady. Yes, but 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 not someone you want to take no, up the jacksy. Not lovely in that way. Um, but still, she's all right. Yes. Um. We, we just <laughs> prepared today that we will end the Game Life Balance Australia. We thank you... <laughs> For not taking one off the GXE. <laughs> that's such a bad. That's such a bad. I win an impressions of Queenie. <laughs> oh god, this podcast is over. I declare this podcast over. Watch oh, our video, god. consume our content. I'm gonna read- tell everyone about everything we've ever done. Rob, read the copy. I will read the copy. God, you are the worst. We hope that you've enjoyed it. We really hope you've can, enjoyed can it. Can I do it in my Queenie voice? No. <laughs> Alright, go ahead. Yes. We do hope today that you have enjoyed Game Life Balance Australia, the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. It doesn't sound like you're new from New Zealand or something. <laughs> you can go fuck a kiwi, Rob. Fosh and chops. You'll find links to one's podcast feed, video content, and our blog posts, and links to our sister show in the US, which we hate very much because we're English. You didn't even say the URL, Queen. You're a lousy queen. Yet, www.www.gamelifebalanceaustralia. I lost it. You you made me lost it. You're ruining it. Gamelifebalanceaustralia.com, damn it. You can follow us on Twitter. Rob is at Reboarded. SC is at Prod Tally. And your official Twitter feed is at GLB Australia. If you enjoy our show, please give us. You sound like a computer that's speaking. Like, you know when you type like words into the computer in 1987 and it like, makes a digitized speech? That's what it's Do you like. want to play a game? <laughs> Man, if iTunes doesn't pick up this fucking mess, it never will. Uh, which, speaking of which, give us a positive review on iTunes. Don't mention the swearing. Yes, please do not mention one's dirty words. 
It really helps. Tell your friends too, and possibly your royal highness. Yes, I know I sound like a BBC reporter reporting from London. My name is Answer Panta Parkwage. <laughs> oh god. What's a really English name? Like, like, um, oh god. <laughs> I don't know. Parker Parker Parkwaj seems pretty, pretty British to me for some reason. Oh god. We've alienated almost everyone in the world, Rob. I think we, we've, we've done a, a service to our. Well, well done. We've crossed off pretty much every nation in the world <laughs> off our list of nations to insult. I don't well, think we'll be welcome at work on Monday either, somehow. Coming for you next, Burkina Faso. He's Burkina Faso. We're, we're going to be invading you soon. Burkina Faso, more like Burkina Faso. High five. I'm afraid I'm going to have to leave you hanging, Rob. High five. High five.